1: Welcome to Down to Dunk I'm your host Andrew Schleck Part of the Athletic Podcast Network I am alone today Solo pod McKellie is on the beach It is far too loud for him to be doing a podcast And I told him Go spend time with your family just take it easy. So, he's doing that. I'm going to answer all your questions. I sent out a post about an hour ago, and you guys uh, replied with just an absurd amount of questions. So, I will try to give you an absurd amount of answers in this pod. So, here we go. First one is from at Pepsi United. Many first-round picks shot terrible percentages in Summer League. Is it more of a red flag to you or lack of proper system on those teams or maybe something else? I think it's really hard to come up with one thing with regards to the percentages the guys shot in Summer League. I mean, Jalen Suggs, 41%. Keon Johnson, 30% from the field. Uh, Moses Moody, 40% from the field. Uh, Kaminga, 37% from the field. Booknight Sharp, 45% from the field, which is pretty good uh, in his four games. Um, But there, Josh Christopher. Everyone's raving about Josh Christopher. What a great pick. Everything's so great. 34% from the field. Josh Primo, 33% from the field. Uh, There's some rough percentages. Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams has taken such a huge, huge jump in year two. And I think he has. He's been pretty good. 37% from the field. So, Summer League is just a weird environment. I think especially for the rookies, I think it's weird. I think that there are legitimately a lot of nerves. James Anderson, Luca Garza, 53% from the field. Yeah, that's a thing, too. Um, yeah, I think there's actual nerves with this setting, especially coming back into it. Like, everybody said it felt like a normal Summer League. And... Normal has not been a thing that's been happening in the last year or so. With basketball in college, uh, obviously the G League bubble was weird. Obviously just the entire NBA season for the most part was strange until you got to the playoffs, which pretty much none of these guys were on playoff teams or playing uh, big minutes for a playoff team if they were on the team. So I think there's lots of nerves around it. I think that there's uh, pressure on these high picks to play well. And I also just think that th- these are, like, lots of reasons why that we shouldn't be taking summer league stuff super uh, seriously. I mean, even Cam Thomas, who everyone I've been hearing a lot on Cam Thomas lately, you know, played well but shot 42% from the field. Like, that's it's not excellent. <laughs> you know, it's fine. But it's not, like, some kind of, like um, – you know, this is our max guy, kind of thing, or this is he's for sure an NBA player now that we've seen him do this. I mean, it's just tough. I think that you can see bite sized things within Summer League that you can take and apply to maybe a projection, but then there's just lots of other stuff that I just don't think is right. Like uh, Kate Cunningham, 42% from the field, not as great. He did shoot 50% from three. That's pretty great. Do we take that to the bank? He's not going to be a 50% three point shooter, but. The shot looks easy. It looks really good for him. It's almost on nine attempts per game, so I think that that's uh, pretty interesting. But yeah, I, I think it's a combination of lots of things. It's probably even a combination of different situations for everybody. So it's really hard to uh, pinpoint that. So uh, Pepsi United also asks, "What's the point of keeping Charlie Brown Jr.?" <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't really see it with him either. So. I'm at a loss for that one, so we'll see what happens here. Uh, Twice God 52 says, "Do you think JRE has the potential to be an all-star?" I know it's incredibly early, and he was a second rounder, but he has some fun small. He could play some fun small ball, maybe akin to what Draymond did in Golden State. So first of all, to project that a second round pick will be an all star is like after playing three Summer League games or four Summer League games, is, is a, uh, as bold as you can get with a take. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say the answer is no. I don't think he has that. If he did have all-star potential, those guys go in the first round. Those guys go quite early in the first round. Uh, I'm not saying it's it would be impossible for that to ever happen, but for me to project that he's going to be an all-star is, um, I think, would be a little bit silly and... I don't know. You asked JRE the same question. He might think it's a little bit silly too. I don't know. But I would say that he has good potential to be a role player and to be a player that is a... I think I've called him a connective tissue player on a few different things. And I think that that's a reality for him. He's really strong. He's a really smart player. He plays really, really hard. And I think that's what he's going to bring from day one. I think he'll demand minutes from day one because of that. So I think uh, everybody should be excited about JRE. I think he's... I think it was a nice pick. I think that he's going to contribute. So that's great. It's great to see that It's because a lot of second-round picks just don't really show a whole lot at all. So it's just nice to see some life from a second-rounder. Uh, at Trust the Void, how do we see the rotations playing out with Teo and Trey Mann? Are they both backup point guards? Can you play them both at the same time? Absolutely, you can play them both at the same time. You can play... Because Treyman is 6'5", you can play him at the 2, if you want to call it the 2, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't think that they're necessarily both backup point guards. I think you can play Teo with his uh, newly found strength. I think you could play him off the ball as well. So, also the reality is that they're going to be just trying a lot of stuff with this whole team and the guards. There's a lot of guards, but they're, they'll are they play three-guard lineups. I don't think that the, the Thunder are afraid of that, and especially... With the league moving toward being of like a very skill-based league, I think that you want to have multiple ball handlers. You don't want guys stopping the ball on the perimeter. And you know, the Thunder, of the guys that they really are invested in, I don't know, they don't really have anybody that's really going to stop the ball, which is pretty nice. But I would say they'll both play. I would say they'll both play at times off the bench together. And then I could see just lots of different combos working in there. But my guess is you draft a guy 18th that you want to get him in the mix. So I think that that will certainly happen. Uh, at Tan Newman, whose progress whose progress to take a jump, maybe prog- project to take a jump is more important in your opinion. Which one of these is more important? I don't know if I'm reading the question right. He's wanting to know which one of these is most important. Number one, Poku developing overall as a much improved player. Number two, Dort improving his offensive game. Number three, Giddy improving his three ball. Number four, something else. I would say number one is number one. That's the most important thing is Poku's development overall. And it's uh, developing consistency. It's developing strength. Uh, and agility. Those are like the most important things for the franchise, in my opinion, because he can change the trajectory of the team more than anybody else on the team, in my opinion, because of the the skill set he has because he's such a wacky player because he can play so many different positions and can turn into so many different things. Like also we talked about Jack JRE's like all star potential. Like, Poku's got a lot more all-star potential than JRE just because he's got so many different skills, and you can see him being all kinds of different things. Uh, So I would say that's number one. Number two, probably Dort. Like, Dort's already a very, very good offensive player, or defensive player, I mean. And then offensively, he's got some stuff. Like, he's got some juice off the dribble. He showed at least the ability to take a lot of threes without it affecting him. You know, he went long stretches without making a bunch. And it didn't really affect his psyche, which is great. Like, that's a really, really positive trait for him. And if he can just get a little bit better here and there, like, that's a big deal. Uh, Giddy improving his three ball. I think he does need to improve his three ball. I don't know. We haven't really seen it. So, like, let's see it before we say that something else, you know, needs to be done there. Um, And then, like, what else would be important for this team? I think not only Giddy's three ball, just, like, does Giddy fit with the NBA? Like, is he going to be an NBA guy? Certainly, uh, I think he is, but uh, well, I'd like to see it. I would also like to see guys like Derek Favors moved, um, and then potentially like a Kenrich Williams moved for an asset, because I just think that both those guys are um, helpful today in a way that's not helpful for the for the future of the, of the draft. <clears throat> excuse me, of this team. So, uh, and then I mean, Darius Baisley is still a player that was drafted in round one that has some untapped potential. So I think that that's also somewhere on the list, probably on down. So I would, I would like to, um, to see you know what what they can unearth there with Bays. So good question. Um, at HP Fouts thirty three. Do you have any nuggets of interest, interesting info that you got from being around all the NBA people at Summer League that you can actually share on the pod? (coughs) Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, No. Uh, At Sanders21, what five man lineup are you most excited about and why? Okay. I've been thinking, I think I've said this on a podcast. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Or I've just texted to people or said things. SGA, Dort, Giddy Poku, JRE. Who doesn't want to see that? Everybody's got to want to see that. That would be really fun. A bunch of young guys. They can get out and run. They can all... They're at least all willing to shoot the three, which is great. And I think they play play a fast-paced brand of basketball. And it's just kind of like all the potential that we have on the team... Oh, my gosh, I don't know if you can hear my three-year-old yelling or not. Um, but all the potential of the team just kind of wrapped up in one big – with one big bow on it. Or you could even go even smaller where it's Shay, Trey, Dort. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, Giddy and Poku, where it's just like, what even is this? And it, But it's great and really fun. So those are a couple lineups that I would like to see. And – And then Nate Sanders says, and they would lose. They would absolutely lose. Great. Who doesn't want to see that? Be great. Um, all right. Next question from at prime Shay G, if everything goes right in his development, what is a reasonable ceiling for Poku? Uh, it's funny. Like you ask, like if everything goes right and then reasonable (laughs) because if everything goes right, I'm telling you what happens is unreasonable. It's unreasonable. Because, like, one, his shot has to go right. Two, his, he has to get a lot stronger, right? Put on weight that is aff- affecting his game. Unreasonable stuff is happening. Like, unreasonable stuff is starting to happen. Because And then, like, he, can he tighten his ball handling? Uh that if that goes right, you say everything goes right, <laughs> that goes right as well. Uh, defensively, he's able to slide his feet with wings. Uh, that goes right. He's already has really good anticipation on shot blocking. He's already a really nice passer. Uh, there's just a lot there, and a lot, if, if everything goes right, I mean, he's a top 10 player in the NBA. <laughs> That's what happens if everything goes right. I don't anticipate everything to go right, I do anticipate some things to go right and for things to be great. But that's the thing with Poku is that he's such an unusual player that he's a 7-footer that moves like a wing. Doesn't move like a 7-footer, doesn't play like a 7-footer at all. But if everything goes right, we're talking about like a really really great player, which should have you excited, but also the truth is not everything is going to go right for Poku. Rarely does everything go right for every for any player in the NBA. Um, you know, I, I, pretty much everything went right for Nikola Jokic, who was a second-rounder, you know, mid-second-rounder, and everything went right for him. You know, he got better on defense. He became a good three-point shooter. He kind of has everything in his bag. He became the MVP. Is Poku's everything going right, ceiling much different than the ceiling of a Jokic? Like, probably not. Probably Not that different. Obviously, they're very different players, but the ceiling type of stuff is not that different. Uh, From at Alex underscore Bullerjack. What's up, Alex? Uh, Question is, who are the top three pure shooters on the roster, and are they the same as the top three pure scorers on the roster? So, good question. I think that the shooters are probably Ty Jerome is probably the best pure shooter on the team. I would say Mike Moscala is another pure shooter that's on the team. And then it might be Trey. Trey Mann is our third best pure shooter on the team. Um, Shay has become a very, very good shooter too. Uh, is he a pure shooter? Probably. Uh, but I would put those guys... As like, like the pure shooters. And then the pure, like scoring, obviously, like Shea, number one. So there, there's a difference right there. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and then what's funny is that this team just kind of lacks like pure scores. Um, like Poku's like not like really a pure score. He's got some, he's got lots of stuff in his bag. So like maybe he's in the top three. And then... If you're just like, go get me a bucket. Like, who's going to just go get you a bucket? (laughs) And I think you could throw Ty Jerome back into that because I think he has different ways to do it, but Trey Mann is probably the one, the the third of that group. So different answers, different answers. Uh, At Prime Shea G again, what's your favorite fast food place of all time? Easy, Chick-fil-A. Just not even... Not even a question. I can go there every day and not uh, be sick of it. Uh, at Tyler K. Field, front court rotation. Distribute minutes for these guys. Bays, Kenny Hustle, JRE, Roby, Favors, Muscala. Woo! Yeah, like, none of that really is like, oh, this is so great. Like, look at this rotation. Like, it's it's so good. Like, no, it's, it's really not very good, <laughs> number one. It's really not a very good rotation. And... But you have guys like Bays, Kenny, that can play a little bit of three as well. So you could put them there. Um, and then I th- really do think there's going to be kind of a battle between Roby and JRE for like significant minutes. And what that shapes out like, I don't know. I think part of me is like favors JRE. And I don't know if that's just because it's like, oh, like new player. I want to see him play. I've seen Roby enough. Let's get JRE minutes. It could just be that kind of bias there where I just don't know if that's, you know, that's why I'm thinking that or not. But I do see tremendous potential in JRE that I would like to see play out with this current roster. And then I would rather see Muscala play over Favors just because of the shooting aspect and just because of, like, the complete likability aspect out of Muscala. And Favors, I think he'll play for the Thunder. I think he'll suit up. I think that he'll help with some like screen setting stuff and defensive positioning stuff, but uh, I would prefer to uh, get him gone ASAP. Just because I would I would rather see the other guys Baisley, Jerry, Roby, um, Kenny Hustle—get minutes, you know, from the big position than him. I just don't I don't think he really. Obviously, he doesn't really fit with what they're doing, but it's nice. One it's nice to have a vet around. Nice to have somebody that knows what they're doing. It's great. Like, that's nice. But I would rather see young guys play and then also prefer to have as few floor raisers as possible on this team, is another reality that Derek Favors brings. I don't know how much, like, how much is Derek Favors really worth with regards to wins? Like, is he worth three wins over the season? Uh, that still could be impactful, though. I and mean, we saw that with this last Thunder team, having just a few. Floor raisers for even the short amount of time that guys like Horford played and George Hill played, they were floor raisers. And what did they? What did they amount to? Four wins, five wins, six wins. Golly, like that's the difference between you know having a top four guy and not, to a degree. So I don't know. Get the floor raisers out of here. That's how I feel. Uh, Evan etm says the maximum amount of chicken nuggets that you could eat without sauce. Dude, that's like straight up psycho behavior. Uh, eating chicken nuggets without sauce. Uh, I I don't know. I mean it depends on what like what's the what's the situation? Am I just like a normal guy hanging out normally? I don't know. I don't know how many of that I would really want to eat dry. It depends also where they're from. Are we talking McDonald's chicken nuggets? Probably like zero. Uh, are they chick-fil-a nuggets you know there's there's some some savoriness to those without the without the sauce that I could get down to so I need more information about what chicken nuggets are these are these Dino nuggets like what are they uh so it depends on where they're from chick-fil-a nuggets I could probably eat a bunch uh, any any others I'm not I don't know maybe a, a two three I don't know need more info from you Evan Uh, At Thunder Chats, what's up, Thunder Chats? Do you think the chances, what do you think the chances are if Diggs dips into his predecessor's bag and plays three guards off the bench with Teo, Ty, and Trey? I don't know about that particular trio. I'm sure they will play some just because I think they're going to try everything. But I would say with certainty that they will play three-guard lineups. Certainty they will do that just because of the way the roster is constructed. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, at Peterman 33, my guy Peter, do you think an 82 versus 72 game season improves tanking or lottery chances or odds of success? Example last season, if they had 10 more games, the Thunder likely move up higher in the lottery odds. It's a great question, certainly. It would have helped last season had they had them at the right time. Now, what does this team look like out of the gate? Are they just like a regular bad team? Then it might help along the way because I can see them shedding guys like I said. Uh, I know the team really loves Kendrick Williams, but I still think that he could be available for an asset that I would maybe rather have. And then favors, Uh, what what do you do with both those guys? Can you get an asset for either one of those guys would be the question. Um, And so maybe perhaps you shed them, maybe you waive favors even as the season goes along, which is certainly possible. So it all depends. If we had those extra 10 games built into the part of the season where Shea is healthy, oh boy, I don't know. Maybe things are much worse. I don't know. Just depends on how everything shook out with the team, but uh, it's hard to say whether it would certainly be better for the team or not. But um, I would go ahead and say yes for another factor too. Not even the the fact of like where they are and how, what the team looks like, but I think eighty two games is exhausting. <laughs> Just frankly, it's exhausting, and they're playing a lot of young guys, and young guys hit a wall. A lot of them do hit a wall. Like the, A lot of vets know the cadence and the feel of an 82-game season. And a, these young guys don't, especially these guys that are just coming in, like Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, JRE. They don't know that. They had the wackiest seasons, all of them, this last year. So going from that to an 82-game season, like, wow, if those three are going to play a lot, Like, let's just wait for the wall. The wall is going to hit them and it may hit them hard. So, and I think this Thunder team would like to see them play through it. So that will also impact it. So I would say that tanking might be a little bit different, maybe in a little bit easier in this 82 game season, but also 72 games also pretty hard. Uh, Okay. At Otto Oliver Olgu, uh, I'll pitch two off season worthy questions. He's tired of summer league talk. I have seen enough of JRE and Teo, they belong. One, if you could add a young Russ, young Harden, or young PG13 on this current team, who'd you choose? And number two, will you keep an eye on Robes if he plays overseas? Um This is under Robertson, I assume, or Isaiah Roby. I don't know which one, but sure. On either one, sure. Like, very good guys. Very likable guys. Uh, Who would I add? Russ, Harden, or Paul George? Woo! Spicy! Spicy! Give me James Harden. Give me James Harden. Especially on this team that is just full of skill, shooting, playmaking. Yeah, that's great. Um, You could also make the argument for Paul George for this current roster, too. Because you do have all the ball handling and stuff. And having a big wing that can shoot it. But... Um, I would rather have just like the elite, elite, like crazy elite shot creation out of Harden and have like pair Harden and SGA together and have SGA learn kind of the, the trickiness of James Harden's game. Like, yeah, give me that. And then Russ, like this is just not a Russ team, like period, the end, that's it. Russ thrives with athletes on the wing next to him, run around creating havoc uh, that's not this team just not and so yeah just not a Russ team unfortunately because I do still like Russ this is not me hating Russ at all uh, at James and en- James Engel or James Engle 29 uh, at what point do you start looking at Giddy or SGA and get worried that they're injury prone and aren't capable of playing an entire year not saying the belief that they believe this for either one, but curious if SGA is an injury away from getting this tag. Uh, hard to know. hard to know whether that's a, a thing with him. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't start to put that label on them yet. so just we'll see. Uh, at Jms underscore chemist. I heard a great point recently about last season that might warrant some thunder discussion. Last season was extremely weird. No summer league training camp and little to no practices, which young guys could benefit from the most from this year's more normal season. Yeah. Last year was super duper weird. I mean, everything about it and the no practice stuff is pretty real. Um, the, the you no-summer-league know, stuff, obviously very real. Like Alexey Pokoshevsky may never play summer-league, which is weird to think about. And I, I mean, I think that the team is f- filled with all the young guys that could benefit from this because somehow the Thunder team still found ways to develop their guys outside of not really holding a lot of practices and not having summer-league and training camp being limited as it was last year. So I would say that Poku could certainly stand to benefit from that tremendously. I think Josh Giddy unfortunately has had to miss summer league, but I think getting a full training camp with the team will very much help. So yeah, I mean, any of these young guys that just kind of have some crazy potential like those two, I would say will benefit from it and from being with their teammates more and having just an environment of development, I think will very much help. So, uh, I from at I am Kev Kev Bot, who's a big name you think is reasonable on the trade market for Oklahoma City, Jalen Smith, Mo Bamba, Nick Claxton, Dwight Powell, Marvin Bagley, or somebody else. Yeah, it's a good question. It's probably it's probably somebody that isn't working out. I think a Mo Bamba is a really kind of interesting one. I've always kind of thought that. And the Thunder need like a big center. They don't really have a a big center. So I think that he makes some sense. If Orlando is willing to part with him. Now, if I were Orlando, I wouldn't be willing to do that quite yet, but yeah, he makes some sense for OKC. Um, you know, looking back at past drafts of guys that have not worked out, Sam Presti has targeted those guys via trade in the past. You know, Ennis Cantor was one of those guys. Deion Waiters was one of those guys. They brought in Hashim beat. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the thunder at looking at those guys and giving them, like, a second draft look. So, I mean, that begs the question, like, who are those guys You know, Jarrett Culver is like widely known to be available and, you know, could be gotten with a second rounder. So would that be something the Thunder would take a look at? I mean, probably not. To me, he doesn't really fit what they're doing or what they want to do. Hadn't really shot the ball well. He's a 28% three-point shooter, 50% from the free throw line. Like, yuck. Like, no thank you. Um... Maybe like Romeo Langford. I don't know if Romeo Langford is available. Also a guy that hasn't really shot the ball well, but I kind of like his potential a little bit more than Culver's. Um, But more than likely, it's guys that haven't played well. I mean, Cam Reddish is another one that was mentioned. Are they willing to acquire a guy like Cam Reddish? You know, go back to the 2018 draft. Guys that haven't worked out. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley obviously wants to be out. I'm not a big Marvin Bagley guy. He doesn't really seem to fit the culture of the Thunder. So I would probably tend to say no to that one. Uh, Kevin Knox. Uh, Sam <laughs> Pressley likes bad Kentucky teams. So is Kevin Knox going to be on the Thunder soon? I don't know. I'd like to see them give him a shot. Bigger wing. Uh, hadn't played well. Summer League champ. Like For those of everybody that wants to freak about freak out about Summer League and good job, bad job, whatever it is, by the Thunder. Kevin Knox scored 19 points per game in Summer League. He was very, very good. Very good. Uh, And now he can't even get minutes on a bad to mediocre Knicks team. Uh, Let's see. Who else? Like Lonnie Walker. Kind of interesting. Kevin Herter from that draft. Obviously, you can't go get him, but he was a very, very interesting pick. So, I mean... I'm looking at fringy type of guys if I'm looking to to acquire anybody. But yeah, that's, to me, that's what I would kind of look to. Um, So a guy like DJ Wilson had his option declined from Houston. Is he a a possibility? You don't even have to trade for him. You can just have him today. He's all yours. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to answer McKellie's question after this quick break. This question is from at Mikey Barra. He says, on a scale of Velvita de Barata, how mad are you with me? I'm not mad at you at all. You deserve a vacation. You deserve to just hang out with your family. So, yeah, no worries. Uh, At Josh underscore Morrison says, oh, no, have you joined forces with evil Alex? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if anybody asked me about that, but maybe we can address that later on if you guys want to. Um, let's go to the stream real quick before we keep asking Twitter questions. we got lots of people here. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, at Doof214, we have Fitness 2018 from London. Let's see. Yeah, he says, let's hope for a giddy sighting in a couple hours. Yeah, Thunder play in less than two hours. And I would guess he's not going to play. I mean, I just don't see the upside in playing him, so... Um, I could be wrong, but that would be my guess. Uh, Charlie Brown Jr. is in the chat. White Black is in the chat. Chad Scott says, Does the lack of Saturday Slam and Jam spell trouble brewing between Alex and Andrew? It does not spell that. It spells that I was uh, thoroughly exhausted from my uh, trip to Las Vegas. I produced a ton of content while I was there and was not... Did, had finished pretty much finished everything for the athletic NBA show that I needed to, and didn't have to do Slam and Jam, and I honestly didn't have the energy to do it. Um, so Alex and Alex, like despite Alex and I's disagreements on a show, like we very much still get along. He's still very much one of my good friends. So lots of uh, funny things about that, but no worries there at all. Slam and Jam will be back this week. Uh, white Black, I think I've already said that. Lawrence Field, Jack Cole here. Brushy from Albuquerque. James Anderson, Hoopstock 69, is here. I want to give Luca Garza the max. <laughs> Nate Sanders. Buster Nakamoto, he asks uh, Warriors or Lakers this season? Andrew, seems like there's not enough Warriors talk. I expect Kaminga and Moody to slide in that rotation nicely. Ooh. Uh, Moody, I can see it from day one. Like he just fits what they want to do. Uh, good shooter can pass it, uh, rebounds really well for his position too. So I I could see it. Kaminga, um, while he showed flashes like he did in the G league, I still think like he didn't shoot the ball well defensively. He had some defensive highlights, but he's still got a lot of work to do. I would actually be a little surprised if he was playing big minutes for them. I think he plays some. Um I still have to go with the Lakers. They have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So and I also don't know what Clay Thompson will look like. So yeah. That's what I will say. James Anderson, David Cook, Matt A, Colin Rockholt, uh Hamish. Let's see. Evan McDaniel. It's very hyped about Poku. Me too. I should it should be very fun watching him this year. Let's see. Everyone needs a smile. Says, do you do you worry that long term losing might have an adverse effect on Shea? We'll find out. I don't know. So far, so good. Jason Harding is here. Uh, he says the pick of Giddy makes more sense the more I think about it. If they get a top five pick next year, this primary score Giddy potentially um, makes he and Shea better. Kaminga not so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, Nate Sanders thinks that I just made a lot of people mad. Sorry, I'm not trying to make people mad. Um, Yeah, Josh Smith is here. Christian is here. Thanks so much for being here. Let's go back to our Twitter questions. This is from at Logan Goodner 7. What do you see Lou Dort's future role being on this team? Do we see him as a building piece even though he doesn't fit into what seems to be with the Thunder we trying to build. I think he's absolutely still with the Thunder trying to build. Uh, he is pretty skilled. He can shoot the three ball at a decent rate and has gotten better, you know, every you know, all the time he's getting better and can t- attack a closeout. He showed the ability to relocate for threes. He's a outrageously tremendous defender. He's got a really cheap contract. Uh, I would say that he certainly fits what they want and i think he's a very nice player and a very nice man for that matter so yeah i think that they i think they like him uh pile of bricks now the thunder seem to have plenty of passing on the team could the missing piece be a more athletic perimeter score that does not work with the new this new thunder identity or does that not work with this new thunder identity sorry uh i don't know why it wouldn't work with this i mean the thing about it is that we talked about this on the OKC Dream Team podcast that if this you add a like super duper star to this current roster of like really good passers, guys that can kind of do a little bit of everything, like boom, like you've got you've got a like a really good team, like very quickly. Because you have just a ton of like really good, really smart basketball players that can fit into multiple positions. You know, like I tried to shed the Giddy as a point guard. From him um, like that that trait from him like quickly as he became a member of the Thunder, but the Thunder are less willing to shed that from him, which gives me more pause that he will play guard on this team. And so if you have a like a legitimately six foot nine guard on the team with a seven-foot wing, whatever he is in Poku, you have six foot five Shea, you have six foot five Trey Man, you have like six three or whatever he is. Dort, who can just play one through three. like wh- Whoever you draft, if it's a power forward, that might be best. If it's a center, cool. Like, we've got room for that. If it's a point guard, you know, like, move over, guys. They can play all these different positions. It's a very malleable roster. There's nothing there's – n- there's no position that's, quote-unquote, set because you have so many guys that can play in so many different spots. So – I would say that if a like elite athletic perimeter scorer became available to the Thunder, whether that was via a trade or through the draft, like bring them on, bring them on, baby! Like let's do it. That would be great because then you have everybody else that does everything else. You know, reminds me a little bit of Utah, the way that they just like added Donovan Mitchell to the team. I mean, without him, they're full of like lots of like pretty. Some good scoring with lots of passing, lots of ball movement, lots of guys that can do lots of different things. So, I don't know. I think that would be interesting. Uh, at Giddy for Giddy, when will the first winning season for the Thunder be When loss wise And will that be too late to convince Shea to re-sign? Uh, I just... I don't know. I just would really just stop worrying about the Shea stuff. I really... Like he just signed a five-year max. Like, he just signed it. And he it won't even start that contract until after this season. So we're talking six seasons. I would guess that it will take three drafts to get to where you want to go. Perhaps four at the most. So we're talking two more drafts from here to figure out where you're wanting to go and what this team will really look like. That would be a, that would be my guess. That would be my absolute guess. and Maybe perhaps one more tacked onto it. He's still under contract. Uh, The Thunder will be making progress through that time. I don't think things are just going to get worse and worse and worse uh, for this team. And Shea is really good. He hasn't made an all-star team yet. He hasn't made all-NBA yet. Uh, I don't know. I just think that the the projected worry is, um, I don't know. I just wouldn't do that yet. Uh, He just, just signed the max. Just committed. And he could have waited and demanded to have a player option at the end of the five years. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Now, does that mean that he couldn't just demand a trade in two years? No, he could definitely do that. But whenever you still have three years left on your contract, it's a little bit harder to do that, and especially if you aren't one of the elite players, like one of the guys. You know, like Paul George was a top 10 player in the league when he demanded a trade from the Thunder, you know? And also they probably had a prearranged thing with him. So there's just a lot to factor in there. And, you know, if Shea makes the all-star team, if he makes an all-NBA team, if things don't look good, then I think we can have the conversation. But I I don't know. He seems to be locked in um, to the organization and to what they want to do. So, I would just like just chill on the Shea stuff. I see I see those questions a lot, but I just don't have any indications that that's where this is heading. At least for now, not that it couldn't head there. It certainly could, but I just don't think there's any reason to worry about it today. Uh, especially not knowing what this team is even going to look like. Like we just don't know. Are they going to be really bad? Like maybe. Are they going to be mediocre? Maybe. I don't know. I just I gotta see them. I gotta see what these guys look like. Uh, From at Gib Soma. Should we consider the 21 through 23 draft and develop years, then look into the 23 through 24 playoff push and a goal of 24 to 27 being contenders, just trying to mentally prepare for the slog. That's probably not the worst thought process with regards to plan. Um, But also, we just don't don't know I would just just take it one step at a time like can't you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time that's how you do it like you can't like try to take in like when can we be contenders like the truth is like is it certain that a team is going to be a contender if they're trying to be like it's not certain sure it's not certain could it happen a lot faster than that sure the first go around, it happened way faster, way faster than they thought it would when they sat down to plan what this team would look like. Um, but as a fan, I mean, just try to try your best to enjoy each portion of this. And some fans are very frustrated right now. And if you want to be frustrated, totally cool too. But I would, I would say that that timeline is not far off. But also, like I would just <laughs> say like. Like twenty-four to twenty seven being contenders, like I don't know. Like I just don't know. Um hopefully hopefully it's I think the goal is to be a contender for longer than that. Um but I think it's also really, really hard in this NBA to be a contender for for longer than like a three or four year stretch. So um yeah. At H. Rogthar that can't be right. Uh is criticism toward Presty fair if we don't have anything close to results yet why are so many well-informed fans suddenly getting impatient um it's i mean it really started happening with summer league and you know after the draft there was some impatience but it was less so i think people were still kind of excited for this and then when they see these other guys playing well in summer league i think that that was like what set everybody off um so I don't know. I would just be cautious with summer league takes and letting summer league dictate emotions about teams. I mean, back with the Russell Westbrook draft, I was like very much a Jared Bayless guy, like, and I had the only reason I was is because of the archetype of player. I wasn't like watching anything. I don't even know if you could like watch everything like you can today, and. I really thought Jared Bayless fit well with Kevin Durant because he could shoot the basketball. And you watched Summer League, and like, it confirmed everything that I had thought, everything. Jared Bayless was awesome in Summer League, scored like a madman um, in Summer League, and then played pretty well his rookie season. And uh, I remember thinking about DJ Augustine, Russell Westbrook's first year, thinking, man, if they would have just taken DJ Augustine, Like everything would be so much better. Boy, Like those are bad takes now. Bad, 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 bad. And a lot of them like the genesis of them started with summer league and started with the draft and started with what people think about the draft. So uh, I think a lot of it does stem from the summer league play and the way that some of these guys have looked in summer league. And it's funny, that like, goes back to the very first question of the pod where we talk about like the percentages. Like a lot of those guys have shot poor percentages too. So it's not like these have been like incredibly efficient, like great players, you know, like Jonathan Kaminga, like a lot of people have been in my mentions about Kaminga. Like Kaminga hasn't shot the ball well from three. He hasn't. He's shown some flashes. We hadn't shot the ball well from three. Um, I don't know, it's just it's interesting. It is just an interesting dynamic. And if you want to feel frustrated, like, I'm not going to tell you, like, you shouldn't be frustrated, but I'm just telling you where I'm at. Like, I'm not frustrated because I think they just are where they are, and I still think the goal remains the same. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. There's nothing splash. I think part of it, too, is, like, there's nothing really splashy about this off season at least so far. Like, yeah, there wasn't. And w- I think we were hopeful that there would be. Some some splashes in, in at draft night or whatever, and it ended up being like what's the opposite of a splash? Like the Shangun thing is the opposite of a splash, you know. And I think really, if one of if we pick three guys instead of two two in the first round, that one of them and if one of them really popped, I think that we would feel better. I think the Rockets feel really good about their their team because of the way that guys popped in summer league. Like they had multiple guys pop. In summer league and the Thunder really didn't. Like JRE like was probably the one that popped the most, but still like how much can you really pop as a role player? It's like an interesting question. So but I think a lot of it just revolves around the play of summer league and just the lack of like big movement through trade and the draft. And sure, there's frustration there, but I think the frustration really kind of stems from the lack of luck in the lottery. You know they they had a good chance to get a top four pick, and the odds went against them. So it just is what it is. It's part part of what can happen through this. It's part of what you know. There's probably a part of the league that like pumping their fist at this because like this is what the lottery's supposed to do. It's supposed to deter people from tanking. It's supposed to deter teams from not being like bad on purpose. And Supposed to reward at random, you know, these teams that did poorly. And it, and it, to a degree, it did that. And the Thunder were victims to that. So, yeah, that's the, that's kind of what the league wants. They don't want predictability in the draft or the draft lottery based on performance. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, worked very well, NBA, worked very, very well for you. So, Let's see. Um, Okay. Next question is from at Dustin Johnson 21, which which players in Summer League and on the full roster will still be around for the first real playoff run? Now that's an interesting question. So let's go to the Thunder's Summer League roster. And I'll tell you, I won't be saying very many names (laughs) off of this list. I just won't. Josh Giddy, I'll put him on there. I mean, it honestly is probably like the first three guys picked that I think have the best chance. It's probably Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Everybody else, I would say maybe Teo is on there. Maybe. Uh, that's probably it. You know, maybe four guys, I would say. Four. That's it. And that's maybe even generous. At narrow expanded with the addition of Bledsoe. Where do you see the LA Clippers finishing in the West this year? In another lot Is another lottery pick incoming? Uh, I would say probably not. I think that with Paul George and Bledsoe and Reggie and the rest of the cast of characters on the Clippers roster, I think... You know, I mean, I don't actually I don't really even know the status of Serge Ibaka. If you know it, like put it in the chat for me. Um But I would say that they're probably closer to the play in tournament. Zubak, you know, has been good. They re-signed Batum. Terrence Man, I think, could take another step forward. Um So yeah, I would say they're gonna be pretty good. So I would say Probably play in. Maybe they do of the playoffs. Maybe they get like the 13th or 14th pick in the draft. I think that's certainly possible. Uh, we would need a uh, a Paul George injury for like 40, 50 games in order to see like a true lottery pick, I would guess. But I think that they'll be fine. Eric Bledsoe was, while horrific as a Pelican, some of that was he didn't want to be there and he played like he didn't want to be there. So I would expect him to bounce back and for things to be better. Now, however, would it be great to have a comfortable Reggie Jackson not in a contract year uh, stink it up for the Clippers? Yep. Would it be great to see Eric Bledsoe from last year on that Clippers team? Yep. But we'll see. We'll see. I expect to see better from both of them. Uh, at Condil 11, out of everyone in this year's potential Thunder roster, who would you most want to have your lab- at your Labor Day a barbecue? Great question. I would say probably JRE. I just, there's just something about that guy that I just really like. Uh, I've been around a few of the guys, gotten to meet a few of the guys in person. Uh, the dude's awesome. He's just a great, great guy. Um, I'm, a, I'm just a fan of him as a player. Obviously, he's been, you know, showed some stuff. And then as a person, un- unquestionable as a person in my mind. Uh, at this point so at at ham solens what's jerry's best comp is he the thunder's next collison uh role wise not legend wise so far yeah i could see that that level of a player in him is in there yeah obviously i think that he'll stretch out something that Nick collison kind of tried to do at the tail end of his career that never really worked out um but I could see that level of player, like starting level player to like sixth man level players, kind of where Nick was. And so I would say that, the, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, at Boerwin17, not really a question, but I n- need to comment to say that the ranch at Chick fil A is great with the fries. I'll have to give it a try. Never done it. At Thunder Sooners. How you feeling on Giddy versus Kaminga now? I know we really haven't gotten to see Giddy much. More of a Kaminga question. I haven't seen anything about Kaminga that's really like changed my mind on him. Still, lots of questions about can he string it together? Can he function on a team? Can he? I mean, to me, the question, and I've and I've said it many times that I still probably would have taken the swing on Kaminga, but. I think you have to start to ask the question about Kaminga. Is he is he good enough? And they talked. We talked about this earlier on the show about adding like an elite wing score, like a elite athletic wing score. Can Kaminga be that? Because if he can't, then I don't know that he fits like the Thunder ethos. You know, if he can be an elite player, like great, like we'll fit whoever into the ethos. If you're an elite player, you know. Um, if he's not elite, if he's just like a good score, like a, like Andrew Wiggins, Harrison Barnes type of guy, then like, is that worth it to, to shift your ethos for? I would say no. I would say no. So I still think it's very, very much a question. I don't, I have not, I cannot determine anything yet. Um, so yeah. Um, at Sterner, eight one one. Did you not release Slam Jam because you and Alex need a break? No, no, absolutely not. I addressed that earlier. Not the case. Although Alex and I were kind of giggling a little bit in the background that people might think that. um, Definitely not the case. Very much still love doing podcasts with Alex. That that podcast was like actually super fun for me. And um, frankly, like a good exercise to have because... I think it just kind of pushes both sides, you know, a little bit to make sure that like what, wherever you land, like, I don't care where you land. I don't care if you side with Alex or side with me. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter at all which side you land on. Um, but I think having both sides pushed, like both thought processes pushed, I think is a good thing. And I think it's a healthy thing. So, um, I think it was actually like a really fun show to do. It's, Less fun than everyone just agreeing with each other over and over again. So, I don't know. I liked it. Hope you guys liked it, too. Um, JGG512, between Baisley, Tao, and Roby, who do you think will show most marked improvement this year and who is the player that you want them to share the most minutes with? I think it's Teo. I think Tao can play off the bench as, like, the primary backup point guard. I think that he can play next to Shea. Um, and even Dort in a three-guard lineup. I think that he's going to be very versatile. Um, Roby, I just need to see a little bit more defensively what he looks like because he's going to be a 4-5. Baisley needs to show a lot, a lot of improvement, and there are guys coming for his spot. And so I'm interested to see what that looks like for him this year. But I think I believe the most in Teo. Um, at Caleb Wall Films, uh, we taking... On Patrick Beverly for assets be a bad idea. Absolutely horrific idea. Like the last thing that I want to see is Patrick Beverly in a Thunder uniform. <laughs> like that's like that is just like there's been a lot of soul crushing things to happen to the Thunder. Uh, and that might just take the cake. Like get that out of here. At Kyle underscore E underscore Clark, what's a successful season for coach Mark? What are we wanting to see out of him this season? I, that's a great question too. It's really difficult. Mark, Mark, (laughs) it's a really difficult uh, thing to measure. I would say Uh, I would, I think it's more based on player development and how much success that they can have with player development with these guys. Like Ken, Ken, can they acclimate Josh Giddy into the roster um, on the court? What does that look like? Uh, does Shea show improvement? I still think that's very, very important to this team. Um, Alex Bokashevsky is going to be one of the bigger ways to measure that. Like, what does he look like? So I think it's measured in that way. Uh, Okla Coleman says, do you think Memphis will waive Turu? If they did, do you think the Thunder would have any interest? I wouldn't say they'd have no interest um, I just don't think he's very good. So, um, at Black Dolphin Five, what's the highest ceiling for the Thunder? Who are the highest? Who has the highest ceiling between Poku and Giddy? I think it's Poku that has a higher ceiling between the two. Uh, not that Giddy doesn't have a high ceiling. I just think that Poku is just one of maybe the wackiest highest potential guys in the NBA ever, uh, just because of his wacky skill set. We talked about that earlier. The highest ceiling on the Thunder is probably Poku as well. Although, like, you can see SGA potentially actually getting there. Like, that could be a real thing. He seems to be on his way to actually reaching his full potential, which is pretty rare in the NBA. Uh, Young Jimmy Gum, what are you looking for in Dort's game to take the next step overall with consistency? Um, I think it's just the shooting. Um. Let's see. At kind of Scottish. Is this the per- the the perfect time to panic? <laughs> if you want, like, do whatever you want, knock yourself out. At D Wayne Scotting Wayne's coating. Sorry. Um, project the guard lineup off the bench. Uh, I think that they'll make time for 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 Teo Trey. Um, those guys for sure get minutes off the bench. I think Ty Jerome also gets minutes off the bench. So I think they're going to find time for guys. Uh, I think that you can play Ty Jerome at one or two. You can put all those guys at one or two. You can make, you know, depending on who they're playing against, or I guess it really doesn't even matter just because of the way that this team is going to play this year. I would say it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, I think everything will be fine. All right, that was all the questions. Let me see, go back to the stream and see if anybody else has any questions before we go. We're about at an hour, so I appreciate you guys. I've been talking by myself for an hour. I hope that you're still listening. hope that this has been worth your time. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining the stream. Uh, let's see. Vishal George wants to know, which month do we start tanking? <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, James Anderson says it was a great discussion to have, and I appreciate Alex voicing that opinion because a lot of Thunder fans are thinking the same thing he is. Absolutely, I mean Alex kind of embodied Thunder Twitter in a lot of ways, which I think people appreciate it, which is good. Um, let's see. All right, that's all I got. Hope you guys are doing great. Hope you guys have are having a great Monday. Got a lot. Uh, of more content coming your way this week. Al and I will have another pod. We'll do another Friday podcast. We're in August. August 16th. So we're about to hit the doldrums of the NBA season. Um, I guess the NBA calendar, more so. Um, I do believe we might have a schedule drop quite soon. So that will be something to discuss. But until then, hope you guys have a wonderful day. Talk to you guys again. Wednesday.